1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast. Today, listeners, is a real treat because I'm joined by two guests. I'm joined by Ryan Snell and Nick Johnston-Davis. And they both have a commonality, and that commonality is uh, athletics. But Nick has worked both in private and public sector as a consultant and coach, for the last 25 years and he's called on by CEOs and business owners when they need to take themselves and their businesses to the next level. He's spent 10 years working with the British military, working at personnel levels and helping them move to a growing growth mindset where they can cultivate grit and their own attitude. They're both co-founders of Unstoppable and are focused on helping busy people become unstoppable in all areas of their life, health, wealth, business, and relationship. Uh, Ryan raises the bar for everyone around him and empowers his clients all over the world to transform the quality of their lives. And he's developed frameworks, strategies, and winning formulas that all of his clients use to reach their health and fitness goals faster. Uh, Ryan has an extensive knowledge built through seven years in the health and fitness sector and I feel that you won't find anywhere better where they're more comfortable than being involved in athletics or on a track whether it's being uh, as Nick is a UK ranked master's sprint athlete uh, and Ryan competing nationally among some of the top GB athletes and continues to improve his performance year on year. And I know that they're off to Finland, I think uh, they said before the recording, uh, in a short while as well. So welcome to today's podcast. It's great to have you both with us. Thanks for having us. So I, I always feel uncomfortable when I have athletes uh, on, on the podcast because I, yeah, this is a business success and coffee podcast, and I know that athletes always like to drink water and keep hydrated. So I always ask this question quite tentatively. Do you drink coffee or is there anything else you drink other than water? I know you've probably got water now and you can tell us more about that in a moment. But what's a general sort of treat or drink during the day? I'll come to you first, Ryan.
2: Yeah, so I guess most of the time, yes, we will drink water. But we don't just have water. Without. We'll have it uh, with, with juice. Yeah. Um, Spark water as well keeps it, keeps it quite um, different. Coffee. Um, I think it's for us as well. We love protein shake after after training. So again, we're getting okay. fluids throughout that as well. So um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much what what fluids look like for uh, both of us. Uh, yeah, stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to ask a question because
1: you mentioned protein shakes, and you know, when I was a lot lot younger, I used to spend a lot of time in the gym. My wife was a receptionist at gym, so I always got free membership and all kinds of other benefits of having a wife working on reception. And I remember the protein shakes then tasted awful. They were gritty. They were powdery. Liquidized liver was something else that I never really liked in the gym. What, what, what kind of flavors do you like? Just reassure me and perhaps the listeners what protein shakes taste like these days for those of us who remember them from the past.
2: They they've come a, a long way, haven't a, they?
0: a long, long way. Um, we've been through that same process of grittiness and not enjoying <laughs> protein shakes. Um, but we found a, a brand called optimum nutrition, um, and the flavors they do and the taste are absolutely amazing. We'll put a, a scoop of strawberry in with our protein shakes in the morning, our smoothies, and then we'll put, um, double chocolate in post-training. Oh, always chocolate. Oh,
1: that sounds, oh, that's it. That's me hooked now. And I'm, I'm going to go back to protein shakes Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about Unstoppable and and what you've been working on, and anything that's been significant in the last few months or even last couple of years.
2: Um, as I guess for us, we are the overarching theme is we're a health and fitness coaching company. We we do one to one online coaching, which yeah. is basically anybody with a goal that wants to improve their health and fitness, and we also do corporate and SME fitness and wellness services. So. I always start by explaining what happens on the one-to-one side, because what we do there, we can actually do on the the corporate side. So I I guess the biggest thing for us is we we always put the person first and it's always about what's going to be right for them through listening and understanding their unique situation. So we will look at absolutely everything when it comes to improving that person's health and well-being: exercise, nutrition, sleep. We find that a lot of our clients, before they start working with us, have a barrier to getting into exercise because they've had previous injuries. So we help them to overcome that and we develop programs out the back of screening them for that. We do a lot of work around mindset. We do a lot of work around the menstrual cycle and menopause as well. Um, And it's just about seeing how all of those things will fit together for that person because the reason why somebody comes and works with us is you know, you know, somebody comes to you and they, they might be slightly out of shape. It's something that's probably happened 20, 30 years ago and those attitudes and behaviours and beliefs form who, who they are today. So we spend a lot of time getting to those those, those bigger reasons why they're actually doing what they're doing. Um, and on the corporate side, we we do all of that, but the delivery might be slightly different. Yes, we've worked with people before where we'll, we'll go in and we'll do some coaching with the SLT. Um, what we also do is we will go in and we might deliver a talk on sleep or a talk on menopause or a talk on the menstrual cycle that we might go and deliver that to say 50 100 150 people all at once so you have impact at different levels so that's kind of what we do on softball and um, we have been doing more and more events where we're delivering health and wellbeing. it's a really popular thing at the moment in in, in the, the company slash corporate space
1: Yeah, and I know you know you mentioned corporate there, and I've seen people that I've worked with and coaches that I've coached in that sector deal with nutrition and well-being uh, in corporate sector. Uh, Is there still a lag in the small, medium-sized businesses? You know, the businesses perhaps have five to fifty people. They're the ones that always, to me, seem too busy. Perhaps don't have the resources. They don't have somebody who's going to be a champion of that kind of thing? Are you still seeing that kind of lag? And what what kind of recommendations would you give to anybody listening to this podcast who's perhaps falls into that band that wants to do it, knows
0: it's important, but just doesn't seem to be able to get momentum? Yeah, I think basically in in that situation, we are finding that. um, And that's where we can help with smaller groups and smaller seminars. We do some lunchtime learn sometimes where we'll do a webinar for uh, for clients to talk on a specific subject, so rather than yeah. having to go to um, the cost of having us in there for a, for a whole day or whatever, we can do a lunchtime learn for them, and it gives them that kind of kickstart. Um, but yeah. also as well, we will just have conversations with people um, and discuss where they are at the moment, what they want to achieve, um, and then talk to them about how they can start to implement that either within their business, if they're, a, if they're a company owner that wants to change wellbeing within their business, or as individuals as well.
1: Yeah. Do you find that people that are resistant to doing, doing the thing of fitness and wellbeing, that very often they feel it's too much like hard work, too much time? Yeah, I remember going to the gym all those years back, as we said, and it was, a, it was an hour drive to the gym on the way home from work, it then was a 90 minute two hour workout it was shower after then you've got to sit in the bar and have your liquidized leather and your horrible gritty protein shake it was it was quite a big thing and in today's world we don't have those kind of um slots of time is that is that something you work with people on as well trying to fit it around those time schedules
0: It's one of the key things we do work on. Um, In terms of fitting exercise around their work schedule, about 85 to 90% of our clients train at home. Um, They haven't got time when they finish work to go to the gym and go through that whole process that you, that you just referred to um so we do a lot of work with either their home gym or resistance bands or getting out and about and doing stuff and it's all about making sure that it fits within their life scar lifestyle and within their timetable as well um if you can't do that then the person will not carry on it's very simple it's um it's really important that they can see how it can work on a daily basis for them. And we spend time looking at their day. Um, every single consultation that we have with someone we will go through their entire day and see where it can fit in. Um, and as a result of that, when it comes to actually starting the process, um, there's space in their diary already booked out for when they can actually do exercise. That could be 20 minutes, could be 30, could be 40 minutes. But we will always build a program that fits within what they can do. Yeah, I like what you said as well
1: about the, the the lunch and learn webinars as well, because very often it's finding those times where we can commit not just the time but the concentration as well, isn't it? And and the focus on that as as well. So so are there, uh, Ryan, any particular sectors that you think are embracing what you're talking about more? Are uh, are more open to helping themselves and their employees? Uh, and the business leaders uh, with their health and
2: wellbeing? I think it's not necessarily sector specific. I think it's more who is heading up that company. Um, if we right. can get in and we can have a conversation with somebody that is influential in the wellbeing department or you know, heads up the actual company, it's very, for us, it's always been top down because if we can have those conversations with the people at the, at the, at the top of the business, And that will then filter down and that's how we can affect that change. So I think it depends on who you're speaking to within an organisation and and being open and willing to take on new ideas. And one of the things we found is being growth minded as well. And they're the people that want to help their employees the most.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of listeners would look at companies that you see are growing and accelerating in their scaling as people that perhaps don't have the time for that kind of thing, because, you know, they're, they're going fast paced. They're going big guns, you know, but actually I think, yeah, I see that these are the people that actually value their people, their team. And they value the fact that if you want to retain people, one, you've got to keep them alive. I think that's always a plus. And always. two, you've got to keep, you've got to keep them you know, at work. Haven't you you've got to keep them healthy? You've got to, you know, get those absent levels down and, and, and injury levels down. Um, I just want to touch on something as well because this is a little bit personal to me uh, in your bio um, you use the word biomechanics and I know you talked about recovering injury for a lot of people like me that are sat at a desk for a long time you know I turned 50 and had a hip replaced it wasn't what I planned in fairness uh, but I'm now more mobile more active but you know my wife I know she struggles because she's got issues with tendon issues around the knee so it, affects her cycling it affects her walking what kind of injuries do you see people that are in business come to you with and then need to overcome before they do exercise because i'm sure lots of people sat listening to this as they're moving they're groaning and creaking and you know think this isn't for me because i'm just not quite fit enough yet
2: yeah how how long's your list simon (laughs) (laughs) we I think the, the, the biggest ones that we will probably come across is knee, back, shoulder. But, you know, the, the list is is expansive as well. And often, I mean, for us, investing in a stand-up desk and getting people to, to invest in that and getting companies to invest in the stuff to do that because you are, if you stand up, you are burning around 50 calories more per hour. That's 10 half marathons a year. So if somebody is more challenged by their health and fitness, that is a far better way rather than just adding hours to their day to um to stay fit and healthy. Um but I mean the thing that we find as well is that when we are sat down all day, you look at somebody's posture, the back muscles yeah. aren't strong enough to hold them in certain positions and then that takes pressure elsewhere. Um glutes aren't activating enough which then makes the lower back um take more of the brunt as well. So it's um, it's getting people to almost do the thing that they did before they were sat down all day. <laughs> yeah, Move more and, you know, kind of follow asleep.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting you mentioned uh, stand-up desk because, you know, I'm sat down at my desk now and uh, you can probably see I've got a stand-up desk behind me. Um, and when I had my hip done, yeah, uh, you know, I, I did that because I, I needed just a little bit more... I've got a bar sort of stool there, very nice bar seat. Because I need to drop my legs down a little bit to open the hips up a little bit more, but yeah, we do spend so much time sitting down, and I'm trapped here a little bit because I've got three lights strapped to my desk, I've got two screens, I've got the camera in front there. You know, most of us that now work from home feel that it's very difficult for for us to get out of these seats as well, don't we? And pressure's on now, isn't it? You know, when we all do work at home, production, productivity. You know, we, we struggle to find those five-minute slots just to get up and move around. Um, any tips for any people listening to this who perhaps do feel a little bit trapped by their chair? They might not have an injury, but they just could perhaps do something in five or ten minutes.
0: Well, there's, there's one thing that we do every morning and every evening. We are big proponents of um, doing walk-in meetings. So Ryan and I, every morning at 6 a.m., we go out for our morning walk, our morning meeting, and we discuss what the day is going to hold for us um, and discuss anything that's happened um, from yesterday. And we do the same in the evening as well. It's a great way to come off the day um, and discuss anything. So there's nothing left residual that we haven't discussed and, and worked through that, um, that carries forward into the next day. Um, I think the other thing as well is that there are there are desks that we've got which are electric stand-up desks. Um you can get conversion kits for your yeah. existing desk, which is what we've done. Um and just means that if you do need to sit down, you can, but you can take those opportunities within like five seconds to get the desk back up again, and you can stand up. Um yeah. I think it's very much a change in a change in attitude towards what you do on a daily basis. Um, it's one thing that we find when we get people come through uh, and work with us is that what they think is normal um, and what they've accepted more to the point that is normal Um, after we spend some time with them and show them alternatives um, all of a sudden we have clients that said they would never see um, two sixes in a day not a a. 6am and a 6pm and we get a message very quickly saying I'm up at and what have you done to me? Um, I can't wait. I've gone out for my walk. Um, I've got my morning run. I've got my workout done. And now I'm ready at my desk, full of energy, ready to go. So mm-hmm. I think that side of things is um, is we we are slightly disruptive in that respect in the fact that we will always suggest something different or something new. Yes. that people may have done in the past, um, but have stopped doing for some reason. And just bringing that back in can be extremely extremely empowering for the individual. Um, And yeah, that's kind of where we come from.
2: And just to add on to that as well, Simon, I guess the biggest thing is business owners and a lot of people that will be watching, watching and listening to your podcast as well, Simon, is that the diary is your best friend. And if you can get Mm -hmm. stuff in the diary, you can plan it, you prioritize it, and it's a, we call it non-negotiable time because we always have the gym in there. There's always the walks in there. There's always a, a, a small lunch break, which has got smaller, smaller and smaller, <laughs> but yeah. in there then, and it, it that might not happen, but it keeps things front of focus. And yeah. I think it's it's time management, it's prioritizing, it's making your health, your fitness, and all of those things more up there as, and, and working it around the work as well. Yeah.
1: And I think, I think that's,
2: you know, both important
1: points uh nick that you mentioned there about walking meetings i'm going to come back to the stand-up desk and how many half marathons that equates to because i'm going to take that one um but i think ryan you're right because most of us you know you mention again in your in your bio the psychology of you know nutrition and well-being and and health and discipline is something that most of us really struggle with and a diary and having those blocks I know helps me with that discipline, but I just want to share a quick thing with the listeners, because we've had lots of guests on here um, from around the world that have been great advocates of morning routines, getting up early, doing the gym, and I've always struggled with that, and, and I want to share this with the listeners, and I want to get your take on it from both of you, because... There are certain things in the morning that we do. you know we, we we've got horses and sheep at home, so we always get the horses done and the sheep done and we that's a, probably about a mile walk even before we've done anything. But we actually my wife and I like to get up uh, and have a chat, we like to have a drink, we like to think about the day. and the exercise for me and i if <laughs> this is not a bit I interesting you technically I always do my exercise at the end of the day. so usually it's about 8 p.m. And I go into a little gym room I've got, and I'll either do some, some weight exercise or I'll get on my exercise bike. I've got one of these Schwinn exercise bikes and do my Peloton ride with Dennis uh, Norton, Morton. Sorry, uh, But I think finding a routine is important. But is it so important that exercise starts the day, or is it more important just to get into that rhythm and that routine that works for you? i would be interested in your take on my routine uh, and perhaps some of the people that are thinking, what routine works best for them?
2: I The, the first place I went with that, Simon, as well as when, when we do this on the sleep side, is what's your chronotype? And it sounds like for you, there's two chronotypes. There's your, there's your morning lark and there's a night owl. The morning lark is somebody that loves getting up in the morning. They're really, really fresh in the morning. And then they're absolutely screwed by about eight, nine at night, which is definitely us two. Yeah. But what it That's not like, me. Yeah. <laughs> you're the opposite which would be a night owl which would mean that you take a little bit longer to get kind of like into the day but you know that you're getting more productive as the day Um, goes on i think it's setting up the routine to 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 work around you and and companies have started to do this as well they've started to people that are a night owl they'll get them sat near the the window so they can get that light into their eyes they can wake themselves up um, and I think it's again, it comes from that listening and understanding every single person's unique situation. and Going, what's actually going to be best for me? There is no right or wrong way. My morning routine is completely different to Nick's morning routine, which is also different to your routine that might start a little bit later as well. Yeah, yeah, now that makes sense.
1: Uh, we seem to have lost Nick off the video. I know he's on the same mic, isn't he? But um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep going. Yeah, um, and. and and that's that's interesting. There we go, we're back. That's it. This is just a little bit of a technical hitch there. So, uh, and nobody's ever mentioned that to me before. So I, I'm quite pleased with that because you're right, you know, when I wake up and the alarm goes off, I lie there for 30 minutes waking up. And my wife, it drives her nuts because she gets up at half past four, five o'clock and she's like, I can't understand. Just get out of bed. i like, I can't, you know. But like you say, Half past seven, eight o'clock at night. She's falling asleep on the settee. She's winding down, where I'm. I'm still buzzing. So yeah, you. Do you know what? You've solved one of life's mysteries there for me. Right. Thank you. And I'm sure lots of people are going. Wow, that's me. That's me. So, so tell us something um, that has really been um, a revolution for you. Uh, a, a development where you. In the business or in personal life, have just gone. Wow, that's just been an incredible moment, and and how that has uh, benefited you.
2: Hey, have you got one that comes to mind straight away?
0: Okay, well, there's a few,
2: but I guess yeah. the, the, it's uh, a few. A
1: few will do. By the way, it doesn't have to be one thing.
2: <laughs> uh, the thing that I always come back to when we have this conversation quite quite a long. Quite, quite often is that the biggest bottleneck in any business is the business owner itself. And mm. that to me has always really rang true. I think it was from Tony Robbins, the quote, wasn't it? And um, mm. what it what it meant to me was that you always, you always need to be growing yourself for your business to grow as well. And yeah. it's something that we're really big on. We do a lot of business development, but we also do a lot yeah. of personal development because come back to that core belief of mine that the biggest bottleneck in any business is the person that runs it. And if I, can get rid of any limitations that I have and and vice versa with Nick as well. That just allows us to almost break through that next level every single time. I think it's the same for any business owner as
0: well. I think, I think as well, um, having spent 20 years doing business consultancy, you kind of get to that point where you kind of think, you know, stuff. Um, and then when Ryan and I started working together, we are, very similar but we are also extremely different and we have very different points of view on stuff um, and it was a big step for me uh, to come away from so I generally get was going into organizations to say this is what you need to do um, yeah. to actually turn on the uh, the listening gene again and um, and be able to have discussions about stuff and become more open-minded um, and it's something that really follows through in in our coaching is that we do not look at a client's situation through our lens. Yeah. We look at it through their lens. We take ourselves out of our own um, our own bias and we go into that person's life. That's why we spend so much time finding out where they've come from, what's happened in their life, what's gone on. Um, yeah. And that enables us to see where they're coming from. Just same for for you and your wife. If, if she's saying you need to get up in the morning, you go, I'm really tired. It's like, it's, well, hang on, take yourself, Outside of that for a second, and what is that person experiencing? I guess that's been a has been a really interesting in terms of growth for both of us and for the business as well. Is that we are always open minded to new ideas. We'll look at them, review them, and then if they're good, we'll implement them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that. Very often for me in all my years of being in business, uh, that's the separation between a coach and a consultant. Isn't it? You know, coaches that person who is going to be open minded, questioning, listening, adapting in themselves and in the way they're delivering it, where consultant is copy and paste, this is what's worked, this is the framework. And actually I think you are right there. And you know when I introduced you I said as a consultant and coach because very often the best coaches are the ones that blend the two. There are some times when you have to say this is how you need to do it. This works, it's been proven tens of thousands of times just you know give it a try and do it but then we have to be the coach uh, as well that uh, encourages and, and and moves them along so you're giving us a bit of an insight there um who wants to tell us how we can best find out more about you and is there anything you want to direct the listeners to grab hold of connect with uh, etc that you can tell them whilst you're on the podcast right now we'll put some links in the show notes but what would you like to to send the listeners to right now
0: I guess from, from one point, if if any of your listeners are kind of feeling stuck and don't know what to do in terms of their own health and fitness at the moment, they want to do something but they just don't know what to do, um, then it would be to, to point them towards just jumping on a call with us. We have a, a free 45-minute consultation where we'll spend time understanding our client or potential client and seeing if we can help them. Um, uh, so that that's kind of like, that's one thing. Um,
2: yeah, and the other the other thing as well is is have, have a look on our website. So unstoppable.com without the e, we've got yep. two to three blogs going out every single week now. And, you know, some of the stuff that we're speaking about today plus in a lot more detail as well. The sleep stuff, the mindset stuff, the menstrual cycle, menopause, like it depends where they are in that head, but there's a range of stuff on there that they can, you know, tap into and, and start utilising and get good results from. Yeah,
1: and that's okay. and that's unstoppable without the e is it com dot Co UK. What? Give .com. us the full URL. com.
2: Uh, unstoppable uh, without the e. com. Yeah.
1: Great. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I've heard you mention this several times, and I used to have a, a, a client who um, helped women through you know that sort of menopausal level, etc. And she very often uh, talked to us that this isn't just something that is about the person who is going through that period in in their life. It's about the team that they're working with. It's about the boss and their understanding, whether it's a man or a woman, and it's about the partners, isn't it? You know, I mean, yeah. You know, my wife went through the menopause at twenty-three years old, which is why we've got no kids, and we'd only just got married, and it was a very difficult time. And people didn't talk about it, but it's everybody is involved in that process and dealing with not just the mindset issues of that, but the physical aspects. Of what you've got to deal with as well isn't it you know it's it's such a wide reaching um sort of set of circumstances that people have to go through
0: it is interesting that you say that because um as two guys delivering talks um to large groups of women on the menopause there is sometimes a reaction like well what would you know yeah. um so it is, it is interesting, but having taken well over 100 clients through this process now that are going through the menopause, um, what is accepted as the norm and what is accepted uh, to accept what's going to happen to you isn't necessarily what does need to happen to you. Um, the majority of our clients um, see massive reductions in their symptoms. Um, I had a client last week um, that messaged me Unfortunately, she um, had to be chemically induced for the menopause. Um, but she basically messaged me and said, "I do not feel like I'm going through the menopause now because of what I'm doing, you guys. Because of the fitness, the nutrition, because of because of how I'm looking at my sleep and everything else. Everything is kind of like working together, and I don't feel like I'm going through that process at the moment. So it can be um, uh, it can be a very it, it fills our cup up every day because as soon as we're able to help someone um and alleviate maybe that pain or that um that brain fog that they're experiencing it's and there will uh, be there will be partners there will be team workers that will also be
1: saying thank you nick for sorting that out you made yes. our life you know, uh different as well so going to unstoppable without the e. com uh, get the articles um but also is that where nick we can schedule that that consultation as well and just have that chat is that is that where we do that from
0: right so yeah there's a there's a call to shed there's a a link to schedule a call with us just click on that you can check our diaries book an appointment and then we'll jump on a zoom with you for for 45 minutes and just see if we can help uh, also find us on linkedin we're, we're pretty active
2: on linkedin right. it's easiest way to just get direct contact with either myself or nick as well um and yeah always happy to have a chat okay. with anybody
1: great and we'll make sure we put the links both to your uh, profiles in the show notes as well so i want to ask two questions just to clarify how many half marathons will having a stand-up desk mean that i've i i can actually take part in now then Figuratively speaking, because of the calories I'm burning by standing up. Ten. Ten half marathons. That's it. That's it. Listeners, that's me done now. That stand-up desk is on its <laughs> way. The the other thing is, uh, you mentioned before the recording, uh, you know, and I've referred to the, the, the athlete side of of you, pair as well, and you you talk about Finland. Tell, tell us a little bit before we come to the final couple of questions about Finland and what that means to the two of you.
2: I'm going to tell the story then. So whistle stop story of, of basically why we created what we created. So Nick, um, background business consultancy, uh, we met in our in my second year of university, 120 kilos, had a heart attack. We met in the gym and I wouldn't start the fitness business. Nick, background doing business consultancy, we was going to help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, Nick's gone from 120 kilos down to 85, so he's lost 77 pounds. But one step on from that is our UK top three hundred meter sprinter for his age class, and this year, well, in, literally in 13, 12 days, whenever it is, we're going to Finland because he's competing in European Masters Championship. So that's it's one of the reasons why we create Unstoppable. It's to show other people that it's possible, and yeah, it's
1: good. Yeah, and and thank you for sharing it, and well done Nick as as well. It must have been quite a scare, but. Uh, I was listening to something the other day, and I can't remember what it was, but it was talking about the fact that there is always somewhere for us to go. There's always some room for improvement. And I think for many of us, you know, when I saw Sprinty, I'm not a long distance runner. 200 metres for me is long distance, okay? (laughs) Uh, I used to love the 100 metres, the high jump, because I was built like this when I was about 13, so I was pretty quick. Um, But just because we did something in our youth doesn't mean there isn't a a way of being successful in recognition of sprinting, etc. As you say, Masters, you know, motorcycle racing, I'm heavily involved in, in that. And there are lots of senior categories that people can still racing. Some friends of mine have competed in the Isle of Man. No matter where we're at in our life, there is something that we can actually compete in, which drives us, moves us forward and gives us some kind of show of success of what we're achieving as well and I'm so so pleased you've raised that as well because you know for for us of a certain age there is always something we can do and I I remember just one thing uh Harold uh, Cattell was his uh, name who a bodybuilder who lived in Mansfield and he didn't start bodybuilding until he was 70 and he, he competed in his first competition at 76 so it's- we can we can all do it can't we
2: it's the, the biggest thing and, and I have these conversations quite a lot as well is it's changing the narrative of age as well because yeah. i was I listening to the book and you know we can live to 120, 130 so what if midlife was actually 70 years old, 80 years old? It's, hmm. it's no longer you know and this isn't to put anybody in, in, in a box but there is people that will go I'm 50 and I'm past it or I'm 60 and I'm past it and it's kind of like they're, they're winding down and they're, they're letting life happen for them and I think yeah. for us, if we can go, okay, well, at 50, you're actually, you know, Nick has never been in the shape he's been in and he was better than he was in his 20s. He's faster than he was in his 20s. So why do we have to be, you know, 50 and past it? Why do we have to be 60 yeah. and past it? What if that is middle age and we're just coming into a prime? So,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, and that's interesting. Uh, and, you yeah, know, we're going for a bit of a tangent here. But, you yeah, know, I set a goal when I was 40 to be fitter at 50 than I was at 40. That's it. Uh and when I had to have my hip replaced, I thought, wow, this hasn't turned out that well of being fitter at 50. But within my 50th year, I was walking 12 miles. I was doing Scotland hills and mountains. So having the hip actually enabled me. And I remember going to see the surgeon afterwards and the physiotherapist. And they both sat there and they said, right, OK, what are your goals? You know, what are your short term goals now you had a hip replaced? And I said, well, to go skiing, horse riding. And I gave him this listing, he said, "That's they are things that we don't normally hear, people that have had a hip replace, but why not? Why isn't somebody that's 70 who's had a hip replace thinking, okay, now I can go skiing, now I can learn to do rollerblade, and you know, why not? Absolutely, yeah, I love that. So, if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson to take away from today's podcast episode, something that they can implement uh, and I'm sure there's going to be something they can do with pretty quickly from the two of you as well so what, what would you share, and you can share a tip each by the way, I'm not going to just say you've got to share one, but you know, uh, what would you give the listeners
2: today to take away from I think the biggest thing that we see people have a really nice reaction to is getting more sleep because not enough people get enough of it and we live in this culture of like, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead and you know, we've come away from the hmm. CS certain countries have, so I think if we can get people sleeping more, they are so much better in their relationships, their business, their fitness. Their health improves. There's a there's a really scary stat where if you when the clocks go forward and the clocks go back, there's a 24 percent increase in heart attacks that following day when the clocks when we lose an hour. So I'll tell you that to kind of say that sleep really is the foundation of our health. So I guess tip wise on the on the sleep side of things, and and will Nickel added into this as well because you we spoke about this just before we came on. Um, Get up at the same time every single day, whether that's Monday, whether it's Sunday, because if you are having lions, you are adjusting your circadian rhythm. You're gonna be tired at different points in the day. You're not gonna sleep better that night as well. So just set a time that you can get up with consistently and stick to it. Um, And I think we touched on routine earlier, Simon, have a routine before you go to bed. So whether that's 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, just have a routine that you can stick to and make sure that you're in darkness when you're doing it as well because that's going to help us to produce the sleepy sleepy hormone mm-hmm. the melatonin, which is going to help us get off to bed as well and then get a good night's sleep and wake up and be able to do press-ups off the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's a great tip. And uh, yeah, so important. I think yeah, I, I've even heard uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, he used to have the saying, didn't he, sleep is for the week. Yeah. But even he has done some incredible talks where he's turned his thoughts around on that now and he's he's the advocate of how much sleep you need and and how good it is for you as well. So, yeah. So, so, Nick, how about you? What a, what a great tip from Ryan.
0: How about you? Follow that. I, I the only thing I'd add with that is one thing that we find um, with a lot of clients is if they are coffee drinkers or tea drinkers and they do like their caffeine, um, it is to have a cut off of around lunchtime one o'clock um caffeine has a half-life it stays in your system for a lot longer than you think um okay. and we've had some fantastic results with clients who were struggling with their sleep and as a result of just going decaf after 12 1 o'clock in the afternoon they are now getting a full night's sleep where they had not had a full night's sleep in over like 20 years so yeah. i'd say caffeine can be your friend but also as well when it comes to sleep it can also be your enemy so uh um, just more, monitor how much caffeine you're having, and generally have a have a lunchtime to one o'clock cut off, and that will make a big difference to your sleep. Yeah, And quality well, as, sleep. as we're heading to this, and you're
1: probably telling me this is my last cup of coffee, then aren't you now? So, oh, really? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, uh, listeners, I've actually got a, a a flask of water here with some lemon. Fresh lemon cut in the bottom of it as well, so uh, that'll go, and some water and honey to keep the voice going as well. So, yeah, so two really important things there, as well as so much other value that you have shared. So, I want to ask both of you the the next question. You know, if you're going to have your next morning coffee before the cutoff time in a dream location, and you were sat with one of your lifetime heroes whether they've passed away or they're still alive doesn't matter but if you were going to sit there and have a conversation with somebody over that morning coffee who would it be and why i'll come to nick
0: first if that's okay um i think it'd have to be ryan oh okay um when because he sat opposite you. Yeah, <laughs> with, it's got a gun for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but um, he, um, at a time when I was probably at my lowest, um, mm-hmm. we met, and as a result of that, and um, the fact that we've been we have known each other for, for five years and worked together three years, um, every single day, um, yeah. he inspired me. So yeah. I would say that's great. That's, that's kind of who, that. who I'd
1: like to talk with. And dream location, then where where would you have that morning coffee?
0: Well, they always say that coffee is, coffee is the best in Sydney, so I think it'd be sat in a certain uh, a certain cafe in Sydney. and I may for the first time ever have stolen Ryan's Thunder. I don't know. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I've got I've, one of my uh, coaches is based uh, in Australia. And he some of the coffee bars he tells me about that he goes to in Sydney and Melbourne as well. Yeah, incredible. So yeah. So, Ryan, no pressure. You don't have to say your dream person to have a coffee with is, is Nick. Uh, and actually, I'd like to hear if he, if there's anybody different. Uh, so where would your location be and who with?
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to start by saying he's thrown under the bus there because it feels like I have to say Nick. But I will say that Nick has been one of the most influential people in my life. But Good. if I was sat, it'd be Tony Robbins. It, it has to be Tony Robbins okay. in terms of the impact that he's had on my own personal development and what he's done, yeah, continues to do. I I, I watch him every, like I say every day. I watch him most weeks, and I just I just need to take action every single time I listen to him. So I'd love to have a conversation with him, and yeah, yeah it'd be Sydney. I I, I spent a, a long time living out in Sydney, and amazing place. The sun, the beach, and the coffee would be uh, would be pretty incredible. Yeah,
1: I can't remember the question I actually uh, asked Tony Robbins. I'll have to try and think of what that question was. But, I mean, the, the guy, I've, I've been seeing him a couple of times, and the energy that he has on stage, you know, you think that he's going to be, I mean, he is different now because obviously his voice is going, but I remember when I went to see him in 2005, and you realise he's on stage, and he only goes off for a quick pee, comes back on, and we started at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we got finished at about... 2am the next morning and he'd been on stage other than a half hour break for something to eat at about 7 o'clock that was it you know incredible energy levels yeah. and he does look after himself doesn't he so other than his voice is failing a little bit now
2: yeah he's um, yeah. It was it, I was listening to him literally on one of the podcasts the other day and the amount of jumping he did it was like stupid amounts of pounds of force that was going through his body and dealing yeah. with a certain amount of lactate in his blood as well like, it's like three times higher than any elite level athlete and he's doing it for 12 yeah. hours it's
1: incredible. Yeah. Well, so there we have it. Uh, two great heroes. Um, three great heroes, I think, you know sat, sat around here. Um, listeners, you've taken something of real, real value and nuggets away from this, I, I know. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Nick, for giving up your time and sharing so much. And, of course, all people need to do now is reach out to you, schedule that session, read your content, and go to unstoppable, without the E on the end.com .com and uh, and and see what you're all about i think uh, that'd be a good thing for you to do listeners thank you for being such great guests thank Thank you you for having us
2: simon yeah
1: and listeners you know all you need to do now is two things leave us a review tell us what difference listening to ryan and nick has made to your lives tell us what difference the sleep the routine the health the standing up those 10 half marathons that you all can now take part in just by getting a stand-up desk um so let us know how that's been. And of course, subscribe so you get to know when the next uh, episode is coming out as well. And uh, share it with your friends. And I'm sure we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.